You're listening to the Late Registration Podcast, a podcast that inspires teachers, administrators, and parents to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards creating more accessible and equitable educational spaces. Your hosts, Ashley and Michelle, are educators, moms, and SEL fanatics, and we are obsessed with empowering the next generation of leaders. Join us as we change the narrative on misbehavior and discuss all things education, including building connections, restorative practices, behavior, and social-emotional learning. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. You are listening to the Late Registration Podcast. I'm Ashley. And this is Michelle. And we're here to kick off our our episode. I guess this is right before Christmas, right? So, Michelle, do you want to go ahead and introduce our guest and get us started? Sure. Uh, We have here today, I'm super excited about it. I think that a lot of our listeners are going to find it super helpful. Um, Her name is Angela with the Resume Rescue. Angela, thank you so much for agreeing to be on our podcast. We really appreciate you being here. And can you just tell us a little bit about your background and how the Resume Rescue began? Sure. Well, thank you, Ashley and Michelle, for having me, first of all. I'm honored that you even thought of me as a guest, so thank you for that to start it off. So really where I started the Resume Rescue, you know, I did the whole graduate college, figure out what I want to do when I grow up, realize adulthood was not all that it is cracked up to be and told to you for four years and your entire life up to 22 years old and just kind of felt stuck. You know, I have this bachelor's degree. I went to Penn State University, Big Ten school, nationally known, but what do I do with this? So I got my first job. I didn't negotiate salary. I was happy with a $30,000 salary with a 0.33 commission rate. You heard that right, ladies, 0.33. Yes. Mm -hmm. And with a promise of hope, you come in, you do wonderful. We're going to bump you, you know, work for us and we'll do well. So I worked in a male-dominated environment. Not only was I the number one recruiter, but I also made them half a million dollars for a small staffing firm. And I thought, of course, here's my chance. I'm going to I'm gonna get all the money. It's going to be great. Well, when I asked for that raise, they gave me $32,000 and half a percentage. So bump that up. And I was appalled. And I was like, no way. I let the manager belittle me for two hours and say, how when I put in my two week notice that you're not going anywhere in your life, like you're going to quit this job, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. And I remember how little I felt in that room. And again, 23 years old, just devastated. Now, if this happened today, you know, your girl would have went down swinging, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. So as I got further into recruiting, I realized nobody knew what the heck they were doing. Started with transitioning military veterans. They were given all outdated information, transitioned in IT, healthcare, manufacturing, and other industries. And it was just, oh, it doesn't matter if you're a kiddo out of college or C-suite executive. Nobody knows what they're doing, what you can transition into, where your skills are applicable, and just what your options are. You don't have to stay the degree path you chose at 18 years old and just where you can kind of start that. So a few years ago, I started the Resume Rescue. I know very long story here, but we're almost there. I started the Resume Rescue just as a side hustle, make some extra money. And I actually got fired from my job, which is what made me take it full time. And don't worry, I didn't get belittled for two hours. I told that man exactly how I felt about him. (laughs) Not that I recommend doing that, but it just, it was devastating to get fired. I mean, getting discriminated against being the only woman. And now where we are today is I empower the little, the little person in the organization, the person that doesn't have the confidence that has a horror story, but's getting threatened by a boss or someone like that. And just kind of empowering people to, Hey, let me cheer you, lead you on. I don't live on the quit your job and make millions premise. I'm more, yes, you can get to where you want to be, it's going to take some time and effort and you're going to want to either drink a bottle of wine or listen to pep talks, but you can get there. It's just, let me help you get there and understand your skill set and just give you the confidence. I wish I had when I was at that point. Wow. Yeah. That's a, first of all, can we talk about taking advantage of a, 
young person, a young woman in the workplace. And I would have done the same thing Mm -hmm. because I was raised that you start it from the ground up. And if you work hard, you'll be rewarded and recognized. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen a lot of the time. I cannot believe that's almost insulting that they were going to give you a $2,000 raise. Right. And funny enough, I just posted about this on LinkedIn. Not sure if you saw it, Michelle, but I had the email because I had an email that was sent out when I quit. Good. And it was said that the president of the company said Angela had, she aired out the dirty laundry and it said Angela was dissatisfied with her merit increase. She felt she had no ability to go into management. When I had pointed out, it's all old white men in management. Where is my place? Like there's not a single woman in management, let alone anyone that's not above the age of 50 that's going to die in the position. So he aired that out to the entire company and made me look bad. But everyone had my back and was like, I cannot believe that happened to you. So I shared that email on like, this is from years ago, but I shared it on LinkedIn and a lot of people came out with their own stories and HR execs saying like, this is just appalling that this, this happened to you and all of that. So it's just, I love what's happened and people coming forward with their stories and just feeling empowered to talk about the horrendous part of corporate America and just everything else and um, everything else happening. So I think too, like your, you know, you mentioned that you were fired And I feel like a lot of educators, especially, you know, a lot of, I don't know if everybody's heard, but there's a huge teacher (laughs) shortage nationwide. And it, I think a lot of educators will feel a lot of shame and guilt when they try to leave the education space. So it's interesting that you mentioned that you were fired and that's what kind of prompted or springboarded you into this career path. It's obviously your passion, obviously right in your wheelhouse that you're very good at and very successful at. So can you talk about that for a little bit, just to kind of, you know, so that other people can see that, you know, number one, you don't have to feel like a failure at your job just because you were fired or decided to get out of the industry and kind of how you work through that. So the funny thing is, and I think I shared this with you, Michelle, but I've worked with so many educators. It could be principals, administrators, educators from pre-K up to high school, college that are just so fed up and just are done and want to get out of the industry. And every free consultation I do, I always start with, oh, why are you looking what's going on? And they're like, well, I just want to get out of education. And then it comes up with excuses. And every time I say, stop right there, the system failed you. This is not on you. This is not a reflection of your work. Yes, thank you. It's not. And it's just, I had friends with kids during the pandemic. I talked to someone on a free consultation today with four kids, single mom at the time. Like, I can't fathom what it was like to A, have to homeschool your kids, B, have to be a teacher and trying to get like kindergartners to listen to you over a Zoom call. And just a lot of a lot of schools didn't give teachers the resources. It was, oh, just move it to mm. Google Classroom or, oh, just do it. Or especially these poor high schoolers that their mental health took a tank too. And just then it's companies not giving parents the leeway there. But no, I'm sidetracking here. But when you want to transition out of education, I don't blame you. It's not your fault. And just like a real, I mean, very transparent story. I wanted to be a teacher. I I wanted to go to school to be a teacher. And my mother said, I'm helping you pay for college. You're not going to be a teacher because you're never going to be appreciated and you're never going to make enough mm-hmm. money for what you're worth. You're not going to get a degree in teaching. And where's the lie? <laughs> no <Right>. lie there. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's just so silly that, oh, if you get a master's degree, we'll bump you 10 grand. It, okay. Well, I just paid 30 to, right. to whatever, 100 <laughs> grand. What? But there's so many good educators out there and it's not that you're the failure. It's the system failed you. You were not given the proper resources. So where a lot of the, the professionals we work with, they, you you have a ton of transferable skills. I mean, you can do any type of training and development. That's the easy one. You could do any type of writing. If you're an English teacher, you can do curriculum development, training development, You run a classroom that is operations. You can go into an operations role, an event planning role. I mean, teachers just don't realize 
how multifaceted you are. I know a lot of school districts require you to volunteer for like coaching the football team or running, you know, key club or whatever that is. Those are great skill sets. It's just, you'd never think about those things and how they translate. So where I kind of come in and help is just understanding, well, what did you really like and what did you not like? And I don't care if you have a degree in teaching. I don't care if you have a certification, a master's degree, you still can get out. Because once you check box, you check box, hey, I have the master's, great. Most, a good employer will not care what it's in. Yeah. That's, I, I think like that's today, ladies. Wait, here we are. Wait, say it again. <laughs> I said, I'm feeling extra ranty today, ladies. No, so. I, I love, I mean, this is really actually empowering just to listen to you talk about that because I think there is so much. I know for teachers, like Michelle and I always talk about, we are people pleasers. And I think sometimes that's what a lot of teachers are. Um, and I think just the shame in, like you said, like getting fired or wanting to feel like you're giving up on kids because you no longer want to teach. And just to hear you say that, stop right there, the system failed you. You know, you're not being given these resources. And the fact too, like I'm thinking about it, like, talking to you, and I'm sure that your clients feel like this, it's like you're pointing out all the good things that maybe were overlooked by their bosses or just the school system in general that kind of keeps you feeling small and in those spaces, you know, and and, and not saying that being an educator is a, a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. I, I love no, being a teacher and everything, but there's so much more to us as well. And I think, you know, realizing when it's your time to grow and finding a place that is, is, you know, very supportive of that. So I was going to ask how, how do you, and how does your, the resume rescue really help teachers to see that? So it really depends because, and to go off your point too, I mean, if you still love teaching, you're supported, your principal, your administrator is supporting you, then yeah, stay. I mean, I have a friend that, she has a side business that makes her a lot of money, but she works with, uh, she works in not the best neighborhood, but she chose to be there. She took right. a pay cut because she gets through to these kids and she encourages them and just like works completely different to say like, okay, you don't, I mean, she tells me stories all the time. She's like, oh, I told this kid, he doesn't go to college. He's not going to get a girlfriend or nobody wants a <laughs> high school dropout. Like she approaches it a lot differently, but she makes such an impact on these kids that come from different family situations or just crazy that brings you brings tears to your eyes and you just want to think about it. But she's empowered to that and she's making a difference. So there's no shame and this is not meant anything I'm saying is not meant to hurt that profession because it's so magical and it takes a special type of person to be an educator. But so understanding how we kind of work with educators and anyone in that scope. I always start and I always challenge people to say, what do you like? What do you not like? Why are you looking? Like, be honest and open with me. And funny enough, I have two psychology degrees and I never thought that would really help out, but it really mm -hmm. helps in what I do. Funny enough. So I bet it does. Yes, it does. But it's just understanding that and just getting down to the root of it. Is it you saying you're unhappy or is it a, is it a partner? Is it a family member, a parent saying you need to do something else? And that's what I say. I'm like, okay, pretending you're on your own island. What do you want to do? What do you find value in? So how we structure services is very much focusing on strengths and weaknesses. I don't want you to be professional Ashley and personal Ashley. I want you to be the same person. Like, I don't want you to have to turn off who you are when you go into a work setting. I want you to be empowered to be who you are. And it's finding the right company that works for you. So it's it's just like understanding that, helping them see their transferable skills. And I pride myself on conversations. So I'm not a let's all work behind the scenes on email. I like to start off with free consultations, 15 minute phone call. If you do a whole resume rewrite with me, I give you a questionnaire to fill out. You and I meet to go over it. And then I'm going to challenge you to just, I say word vomit to me. Just tell me the dirty laundry. Tell me everything there is and I will make it sound professional and great. So that's really, especially for educators, really helps out because it's like, I swear, it's always the same. It's, oh, well, I started this club. Oh, I started this committee to train other educators. Oh, I started this. I'm like, none of this is on your resume. Like, you are incredible. And then it's always like, wow, you made me look important. Like, no, this is your skills. I'm just good at writing them in a professional way. So 
different variety of services. We do all career services from interview preparation to career coaching, where I like to say, figure out what you want to do when you grow up and networking, building yourself on LinkedIn and just about everything in between. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I could say too, I reached out to you because I'm kind of looking around at, you know, what are my next steps going to be? I don't know if it's always going to be in public education. I don't, you know, cause I, I love the work, but I also am curious about opportunities to make a greater impact. And um, so I reached out to you and it was a fantastic process. I have this really kick-ass resume that makes me look super smart and important. Listed all of the things. And, you know, I just think that too, a big fear of mine was I wasn't sure how people, like, what is the process now for resumes? Like, what's the format? Because when I was looking for jobs outside of public education, that process looked, that was like 20 some years ago. So it looks very different now. Um, You know, I think when I was first looking, it was a, you know, your resume has to be one page. Nobody's going to read anything more than one page. And I found out through you that that's not true. Like, you know, we need to promote ourselves and, and, you know, list our experience and our accomplishments and all that good stuff. And then, but the fear was there that I just wouldn't like, I didn't know how to present myself outside of public education. And so that's kind of why I sought you out. And, and it was a great experience. I loved the format of the questions. It was a super easy process. Um, and you offer like you offer the LinkedIn, which is important nowadays for job hunters. You do the resume work. You do interview coaching. What am I missing? There's something else I thought. What else do I do? I do cover letters. I do copywriting for like bios. No one likes cover letters. I think they're the dumbest thing in the world. Do I write them all day, every day? Sure. But <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was saying all those lovely things. That was so kind. But, you know, and let's, can we clear up a mystery? Maybe I'm the only person in America that does, or in the world that doesn't completely understand why when I am looking at positions, why do people call a resume a CV? So where the CV <laughs> originated from was it was the curriculum vital or whatever it stands like for. So okay. that was yes, and it was more for educators to just kind of make a very long document every single thing you've ever done in your entire career dating back to high school you're supposed to put on it so now where we kind of transition over and in europe overseas they do still call them cvs but it's still a resume it's the same thing now the only difference and when some companies want a cv is if you're in more of like a doctorate or you're a PhD or you're someone that has, you know, five pages worth of research of publications of presentations, that's more of a CV format. But where companies are transitioning into company A may call it a CV, company B calls it a resume. It's the same thing now. And it's just something it's, that's something that's a great example of something that's changed about the process is it's a CV is a resume, unless they're saying, hey, like government jobs, they want you to list literally everything since high school. I don't care. It's if it's not relevant, if it was 35 years ago, they still want you to list every single thing because you get points, you get rewarded points. And that's if you get hired for a job through USA Jobs, for example. But yeah. oh, hmm. yes. I know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. No, it is super. And it's to your point of, you know, never using a resume writer and not sure where trends are. It's, I love this field because it's funny that every consultation, I don't care, entry level or C suite exec, well, I'm just not sure. And I've never done this. And just like the insecurities come out, I'm like, at what point were you ever trained on this? I wasn't. I, I got good at it because I was like, oh, hiring manager at Microsoft is giving me feedback on this candidate. So now I'm going to take that information, absorb it, and then use it for other clients to get better at this. So that's where it's super interesting that everyone is so insecure about it. And I was too. I mean, when I was at that point, but these trends change, things change, and it's not a one size fits all. I have a real quick story and I'll give you back the floor since I'm talking so much, but. We love it that. 
We love yes. rants. Yes. Feel oh, free. This is a rant. Girl, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but a real quick story. I mean, it's not you ha- one size fits all for resumes. Had a friend slash client met her in a networking group, and she's in the um, what's it called, like animal product industry. So okay. like developing products for animals, which is super fascinating. Now, her resume, and I say, don't put hobbies on your resume. Don't put anything personal. Like, no, you need to put, like, you you have two dogs. And, like, your cover letter needs to talk about your dogs. And I would never recommend that for if you're going for, like, a financial analyst job or anything right. super corporate Sure enough, she got the job. And they brought up, like, oh, my gosh, I love that you talked about your dogs. Because their job description was saying must be a dog lover. I'm like, Justine put it in here, like put the story about your dogs, about River being a rescue and Oliver and how he came into play. Tell that story in your cover letter and how you develop this company. That's and that's what they brought up. So it's not just like a one size fits all. It's read the room. And I'm just happened to be really good at it, but it's a full-time job. I mean, looking at this, understanding trends, because what's good for accounting is not good for marketing. What's good for sales is not good for operations. I mean, it's yeah. never ending there. So it's always my note to people is just don't be insecure about it. You hire, you hire a builder to build your deck. You hire a plumber to fix your plumbing. You hire a resume writer to fit, help you with your career. That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So are there any red flags that teachers should look for when transitioning to another industry? Because like Ashley and I could tell you all the red flags in public yeah. education. <laughs> But if I'm going outside of that industry, you know, out of that realm, what do I, what are some things that are like, okay, big red flag, you know, not going to be a good place to work? Like, what are some things that people can look for? Ooh, I could take up hours with this one, but no, we'll be short. So the red flags is, and I tell people to ask a lot of questions when you're interviewing, ask a ton of questions. It's not, oh, I hope they like me. I hope you like them. And I hope they like, I hope they like you as much as you like them. It's a two-way street. It's not their balls in their court. The ball is in your court. You are the one making the decision if you want to work for them. So that's number one. Number two, if you have LinkedIn premium, you actually can look at the median range of how long people typically stay at a company. And it's accurate. It's accurate for all LinkedIn users. Because, you know, when you end your date, it says whatever, 2017 right. to 2020. And it's accurate data. Like it's, it's I can thought of that. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite one. I take Glassdoor with a grain of salt. Like when I got fired, I wanted to go rip them a new one. Like that was my immediate reaction. So that's why I don't love Glassdoor. I didn't do it, but that's why I don't love Glassdoor because you don't hear the good. And it, it depends. I mean, that's it's don't always trust on everything you're hearing too. Um, something that's happening, especially like layoffs happening. Well, for laying off whatever amount of people it was, I think ended up being 8,000 people. Well, it was all contractors. Automotive lays off every single year. It's just, you don't hear about it. It's not the top news story. So that's what I tell people is just like, yes, layoffs are scary, but ask questions. How would you prepare for a pandemic? What are your projections next year? Where do you envision your company being? Other red flags, trust your gut. At the end of the day, it's as simple as trust your gut. Um, Talk to people that are at the company. I'm going to be biased. And Michelle, you know, I love LinkedIn, but you can find information about who's working at that company. Reach out and see how they like working there. Um, A real quick story on this too. I had, and this is so funny, it's never happened again, but probably about a year, two years ago, I had a client and she called me for a free consultation and said, hey, I need to get out of this company I'm the only, I'm the only female, I'm the only woman and I'm the only, and I'm the youngest by 15 years. I go, she's like, I have no room to grow. It's not my jam. I just like, it's such old mentality and I just am not thriving here. It's not a bad company, but I just, you girls got to go. It's yeah. like, okay, fair enough. Second person I talked to after he said, Hey, I want to get into the same company she was wanting to leave. You know, they're, growing and I have a few friends over there, but he fit the demographic of who works there. So I wasn't going to sit there and tell him, oh, no bad move for you. That's what he wants. He has friends that work there. That makes sense for him. Yeah. So it's just the understanding. 
What'd you say? What a small world. I know. <laughs> I know. And it was super specific industry too. I'm like, and it's never happened again, but it's so funny that that's my favorite story to tell. Um, but it's just ask a lot of questions and it's, and that's where people kind of get desperate or it's everyone comes from different socioeconomic statuses. You know, if you're paying child support, you're a single parent or whatever that may be, it's not a, oh, you could just wait on your job. I understand that. But what will it take to get there? There's no shame in taking other jobs. If you need to work an administrative job, that's 20 bucks an hour, all online. You could work from home if you have kiddos. I mean, there's no shame in taking other outside jobs outside of your experience to survive. I work three jobs while taking this company, building this company. And if I were to put a resume together, it'd be a real big um, mess there. We'll just say that. <laughs> but do what it takes. I mean, if your mental health is going down the drain, I've had, I had a friend who was losing hair that she was so stressed out. I'm like, you need to just get out. Like you can make $26 an hour working in Costco's warehouse and they actually pay their employees and treat them very well. Fun fact, just yeah. get out to do something in the meantime. Cause you, you will literally be in the hospital at the rate you're going. So yeah. it's just like, ask a lot of good questions to the company, talk about it to other people, LinkedIn. I mean, there's so many good resources there to see. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I've actually heard a lot of teachers are have quit and jumped into Costco and or Sam's Club. And I've heard really good things from them. And they're like, this is the best job ever. I leave work at work when I'm off. Nobody's, you know, emailing me, asking me where grades are or if I did attendance or, you know. And they're like, this is like the best thing I ever did. <laughs> right. And it's, there's so much, ne there's so much negative connotation over like working a restaurant job or working these other odd end jobs. It's like, if you're a general manager at a restaurant, you tend to make over six figures plus bonus on how well the restaurant does. So yeah, I always hate when people say that of like, oh, you're in that. I mean, that was my favorite job I ever had outside of owning my own company was working as a server in a restaurant. And fun fact, I still help my uncle on weekends when he needs it because he's short staffed. So working next weekend, but <laughs> it's, just, it's just so interesting of how people just per, like perceive things. And it's like, well, where did you get that idea? I made more money working in a restaurant than I did at my $30,000 a year corporate job. Yeah. So I was going to say, I, yeah, I, I think that again, with that shame piece, you know, we've had this idea I don't know if it's like the American dream or, or whatever, this work hard, these certain jobs that people have to have. And um, I always think of, uh, I was watching some documentary or something about Notorious B.I.G., the rapper, and how when he was um, in yes. um, high school, his teacher, you know, he was just always absent or whatever, probably rapping, whatever. And um, his teacher said something like, well, you're going to be a, a trash man, you know, when you grew up. And he came back the next day and he was like, I found out that I, as a trash man, I will make more than you do, you know? And it's like, you know, and I was going to say benefits and a right, pension. What's exactly. wrong with that? And peace of mind. I don't have to worry about grading papers. Like you said, just that, that whole peace of mind too, if you can really, you know, if it's a career that you just need for that time, it may turn into something else too, you know? And I think that's one thing too, that teachers don't realize is that we're innovators. You know, we can, we can make something yes. out of, nothing a lot of times. And so literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I love this conversation just for that. Just all the things I'm thinking about too, is just, it's kind of like shattering my world a little bit, but in a good way. So thank you for that. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I, mean, I saw too. like skilled huh. trades is huge. You make so much money and it's, you don't have to go to college, like go to trade, trade school, school, get a certification yeah. after like you can be, yeah. you can be 18 years old making $30 an hour because the state of Michigan has to legally pay you. If you're an ASE certified mechanic, yep. legally, they have to pay you. It was 3125 how I still remember that. I don't know, but it, that's great money yeah. to be working. It is. So. Yeah. Just so many things, so many avenues that we don't think of. Michelle, you were going to say something. Yes. Um, yes. I saw, and I, I'm starting too many sentences with this because I, so I think I may have a problem, but I saw a TikTok. <laughs> you love TikTok. What are you talking I know. about? I have learned so much from TikTok, but it was a lady, young lady, um, probably somewhere in her twenties. 
And she worked, she was going to school and she worked three shifts every week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Waffle House. It was either the Waffle House or IHOP, something, one of those like breakfast type change. So she worked like seven to three or whatever it was. And she counts her tips after her shifts. When I tell you that she's bringing home more money than I am working five, 40, <laughs> like 300 plus a shift in tips. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's like almost a grand or a little over a grand every week that you're bringing yeah. home. That's more than I'm bringing home right. with 20 some years of experience and a grant, you know, and it's like, maybe I should I know. go back and that's to not even like a, you would think a high end restaurant or, or something, you know, this is, I mean, yeah. that's now she does say, she's like, you know, I, they run me, which I'm sure oh, I'm they sure. do because that's like a, yeah. you know, a quick pace, but I'm like, man, I'm friendly. I can totally. <laughs> you got this. Oh, it's true. We worked, I worked a party at my uncle's restaurant. And again, I it did. I was a server for eight years, server, bartender, hostess. So it's just in my blood. And we have, I mean, I've done, I love fast pace. There's nothing I love more. I can't sit still. It's the ADD in me. So I brought home, I think I worked in the summer. He was like, I need you to work. I have two parties. There's going to be 110 people in here. Like I need help. I'm like, okay, great. I took a party of 75 for the entire shift I was there. I brought home $700 and that's cash. That's- $700 cash. I'm like, don't pay me. Do not pay me. Cause you're going to screw up my taxes. If you pay me, like, I'm like, I will work yeah. for, for not an ne- hourly right. rate. Cause you're going to business. Right. Like I'm just helping you, but $700 like, that is great. And I'm like, wow, I do miss, the, I do miss the cash of this business, yeah. but there's no yeah. in serving or just like work administrative jobs or do the jobs people don't want to do. You make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fascinating. And we met off TikTok, Michelle. So we're having this conversation because of TikTok. We did. I saw one of your TikToks Wait, what? and it was super funny. I'm... Yeah. What? That's how I learned about her company. And it was, um, I don't know which TikTok it was, but it was, it was super funny. And it was like, maybe it was like, this is me when I, when a, uh, an ad asked for a cover letter or something. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you know, and it was like, yes, okay. I'm going to look up this company. And then I saw that it's, you know, women owned that it's, you know, all the things you have, um, a couple of partners that work with you and all female, correct. Unless I'm mm-hmm. overstepping. And, you know, I just liked your fresh take on things and your background and your knowledge. And um, I really, I, cause I read about your um, experience where they didn't give you, or, you know, you worked and you made like more sales than everybody else. And then you found out that a friend of yours that also worked there that you outperformed was making more oh. money than you. Oh, that was the, that was the story I started this podcast off. Yeah. I should include yeah. that $18,000 more than me. Forgot to include that mm. part of that too, which is also yeah. why I left big reason. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for the reminder. But go it, ahead. He Sorry. was male. And so, you know, mm-hmm. he made more and it was just like, okay, I'm going to reach out. And then I was looking at your website. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to reach out and get this done. Cause there's a lot of fear and uncertainty. You know, and and I think educators too, like we carry that identity with us. Like that's who we become. And it's like, no, I'm more than an educator. You know, I I can do more things. And and so just having someone to kind of guide you through that process is such a huge help. And, um, you know, your advice and your guidance and all of that has just been really, really uplifting and beneficial. So. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, and yeah, so I learned all kinds of cool things on TikTok. Actually, I, I know, it. you know, you always send me the best TikToks, and and my daughter is like a huge like she learned how to cook from watching TikTok, and so we try out all her little recipes. She's only she's seven years old, and so and and art too because she she um does a lot of drawing, mm-hmm. and so she's become quite a little artist because of TikTok. So I am a I'm a TikTok lover I'm just not there as far as like you know using it regularly I'm kind of getting better at it so 
but yeah, I'm going to get on there now. So not right now, but yeah. Wow. Well, and it's interesting because I, I waited forever to get on it. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do the dances. This girl has no rhythm. I can't do that. And then I saw all my competition doing it. I'm like, so now you got to do it. <laughs> and, right. And the funny thing is, is it's like, know your expertise and know where it's not. I hired someone I met to go through her TikTok boot camp, Katie Greenstone. We love her. Mm-hmm. But she did a phenomenal job. She's one of my good friends now because we just bonded over that process. And it's like, again, hire where, you know, and don't waste the time on being in your own head about it. And now it's second nature to do TikTok. And I, it's just hilarious. If you would have told me I'd be doing this five years ago of posting TikToks and telling people to get on social media and LinkedIn, I would have laughed in your face, but here we are. <laughs> or doing podcasts for that right? matter. Jeez. Yeah. But, so yeah. Yes. Well, and I, yeah, I started cause it's got accounts. Yeah, me too. So I'm like, mm, I'm going to see what's on here and I want to spy on what they're doing, you know, kind of look to see, of course they don't, they're very, well, number one, they're smarter than I am with technology, but they really don't post a lot, but it is interesting to see like what, what they, they save want. and share. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, it's kind of cute. Like I haven't ran across anything where I'm like, okay, did not <laughs> see that, but yeah, that is pretty, you know, like, yeah. So it just kind of gives me a little window into their personality that maybe they don't show me overtly right. because I'm their mom. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I do like it when they do show me. me the TikToks. Like my son will show me some that he thinks are funny. So it kind of lets me know where his humor is. And then one day he yes. showed me where he ended up in someone else's TikTok and he didn't realize it. He saw, like, look, I'm in their TikTok. <laughs> so, yeah. Ah, okay. I know. I know. So yeah. a little celebrity there. Fascinating. And I think, you know, with this changing world, we've just kind of ended up in places where we didn't expect to be, but I know with teachers wanting to make that transition out of the classroom and, and maybe we don't want them to be in a place where they don't necessarily expect, but also a place where they're not comfortable. So what should they look for in a company when they're transitioning out of the classroom? Oh, that's good. It's, it's just what aligns with your core values. So if you're someone like, what's a great example I, I love diversity. I'm very much someone that I want to work for a company that does well. I mean, even on the client front, I want to work with clients that do it. I want pod- to be on podcasts that align with what I believe in. And I'm not to say like my way or the highway, but it's just, I have strong beliefs on that. So it's just understanding what the company structure is. If you have little ones that you need the flexibility to pick them up at two o'clock or three o'clock or whatever, make sure that said that you have that flexibility. And it's a lot of people feel like they have to settle for the jobs they just received or the number one thing I, I hear from, and this is not just educators transitioning out to any industry. Oh, I have to take an entry level role. You are not entry level. You have years mm. of experience, your entry mm. level, your entry into a new industry. But if I were to go recruiting, if I were to ever sell this business, get back into recruiting some crazy person, I would go, I'm not entry level. If I'm entering a new industry, I have X many years of experience, depending on where I was at that time. But that's the number one thing to look for. And just understanding, why is this position open? Ask that question. Why is this position Ooh, open? That's a good if question. Is it always a new position? Yeah, right? It's, is it a new position? Can we not keep someone in the position? Just why is this position open? And, and I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a perfect boss and I'm a perfect business owner and manager because I'm not, but everything I hated about corporate America, I have given my employees, they get flex time, they get unlimited PTO. And you know what? They're super respectful of that. It's both of them worked my two, I have two core employees that work um, 40 plus hours a week for me. And then I have a few other consultants that help on other special projects, but my two core employees, like both of them were on till six o'clock last night, not because I asked them to be, but they wanted to get their work done and get ahead of schedule. I don't expect that at all ever. But when are doctors open? Doctors are open eight to five. How are you going to get any appointments? So if you're going through health issues, if you have to go to a doctor regularly, unfortunately, I've had clients that have cancer just going through different diagnosis of PCOS and whatever, they have to go to the doctor regularly. Make sure that's out there. I'm not saying air your dirty laundry, but say, hey, what's your flex time? 
And you know what? I don't micromanage my employees. If I want to go in and see what they're doing, there's a little green light on Slack and I can see their click string through our customer management system if I really want to micromanage. But it works. The unlimited PTO policy I implemented because one of my employees was getting married last year. She's like, well, I need to know like my time off or my honeymoon. I want to get married in Mexico, whatever. I'm like, Destiny, I don't care. Like, ideally you get married once in your life, hopefully, but I don't care. Like, go take as much time as you want. And we handled it. And she still, I think it amounted to like four weeks with her honeymoon and with everything. But because I offer them the flex time, they aren't taking full days off as much. Right. I mean, do they? Yes. Yeah. But it's like, I don't have to take a full day off to go vote. I don't have to take a full day off to go take my kid to the doctor or go to my annual checkup, but that works. And it's just understanding like what that works for you. If I can offer it to my employees, and again, I'm not a perfect boss, but it, it can happen and it does work really well. So it's just going back to your question that we're sidebarring here. Ask the questions, trust your gut. And if you're still not sure, talk it out. I mean, I'm always happy to talk it out with someone and just see where they're at, but just see what companies are hiring and what works for you or works for your part or what works for your partner, your best friend or your parent does not always work for you. So don't compare apples to oranges. Just do what's best for you and nobody else. I wonder, I have a, okay. So I had never even entertained the idea of asking a question like, why is this position open or what's your flex time policy or, you know, things like that. Like when I think of asking questions, I'm like, you know, what are your expectations for this job? Where do you see this role leading? You know, kind of like the industry or the standard mm-hmm. things. Like if I were to Google what to ask or an interview, those types of things would pop up. But what are your thoughts on if you have a candidate who's asking those types of questions, do you think that like flips the power balance to their favor? Like, is the person that's interviewing going, okay, this person is a leader. This person is, you know, do you think that that flips that a little bit? Because it's like, okay, well, this is someone that is, you know, obviously they're worth a lot because they're worried about work-life balance and they're, you know, they're not just wanting to take any job that comes their way. They're wanting to make the right fit for them. When I interview, I'm always, and we're interviewing for another position right now, but I am always concerned when people don't ask a single question. It's almost like it's a turnoff to want to hire you, honestly. So if you come in with not a single question, it's always like, are you even interested in this position? Or like you said, Michelle, is it just, oh, you're just in here because you're just taking this next opportunity. When I love when people ask questions is understanding like, yeah, you're bought into the company. You actually did your research. You actually care about your career and you're making, you're making a long-term investment. I mean, you spend at least 40 hours at a comp at a company a week or with a company, if you're working remote or hybrid, but I would be shocked if you didn't have questions. So from being a former hiring manager, you know, in the staffing world, and of course I still do hiring now, but like you do your research and you should have questions. So the amount of people that don't just look at someone's website, look at their mission statement, Google the company you're interviewing for. I mean, we're back to basics people, but if you can implement that in your interview, I love that. I absolutely love that. And you are a preferred candidate. And sometimes it comes down to the wire. It could come down to you and another candidate, but other candidate maybe just implemented something a little bit better or said something that related back to the mission statement it comes down to the wire a lot of times. So it's just take the time. You cannot just spray and pray your resume. You cannot apply to 50 jobs and expect one. If it happens to you, great. I love that for you. But yeah. start with five to 10, tailor your mm-hmm. resume for each application, understand the company structure. And then you can reach out to a recruiter or a hiring manager and say, hey, look, I'm really interested in this company because of this. And this aligns with what I'm looking at or just any products you're passionate about. So it's just, please, 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 please ask questions and come prepared with it. So, but yes, it is. I do think it's a power thing too. And I had my first, I mean, both of my, my full-time employees I hired, they asked a ton of questions to the point where I was like, are they going to want, are they going to take my offer? Like they're, they're pretty intense with their questions here, but it worked out because I was so bought into what they had to say and how they relate it back. And if you're ever concerned about, I don't want to step over toes or I don't want them to think I'm annoying okay, 
Well, think of that in a training sense. You get hired and you have 5,000 questions because you're a question yeah. asker and they're annoyed with you then, probably not going to be happy working. Right. Them. So you just yeah. have the big picture with it. True. I had never thought of it that way. Probably because I've never been a hiring manager. So this is why it's good to seek out advice and expertise from someone like yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Those are all really good tips. Thank yeah. you. I hope people are taking notes. I know yeah. I am. I know. <laughs> Ask questions. Okay. Yes. Ask the dang question. All right. Well, we have kind of a tradition on our podcast that we like to ask people um, a couple of different questions um, because we hear a lot about your company or your position and what you do, but we also want to find out more about you as a person. Um, so, and this is not my idea. I completely stole this from Brene Brown. So just giving oh, her well, credit. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, either living or past, who would it be and why? See, I got a few because I have been asked this question, but I'm in, see, there's the few routes. So I'm going to give you multiple answers because I have like a top five I would do, but um, I love that. I would love, I love, love, love. Um, I'm a big Frank Sinatra fan. So like have a Frank Sinatra Ooh. tattoo. I'm a huge Frank Sinatra fan. I love that era. I love everything. So he would be number one because fun fact, not sure if either of you know this, but they thought he was dead when he was born. Like why he had a clip in his ear. He had like a disfigured okay. ear because he was pulled out in 1929. And they, he, they put him aside because he was, they thought he was, he had passed because he wasn't crying, little heartbeat. And then his mom went back in and was like, holy shit, he's alive. Like what? And literally they thought he was dead. So that was just always like literally from the get go of just, oh my gosh. And then you were such a, or not even an inspiration, but just an even crazy um, like impact to the music Talented. scene. And I'm a huge music yeah. fan. So. Number one, um, I'm a big Marilyn Monroe fan. So just understanding like, I mean, the, the things that happened to her and the controversy and everything around that. I mean, I, I love her too. I mean, I can't. And then we did her dirty with a new movie. Yes. And Even I in death, she wasn't honored. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's crazy. And I love me. I'm all picking from that era, but I love Ella Fitzgerald and especially with all the race issues at the time and just, yeah. and Marilyn Monroe actually brought her onto stage but just like understanding those big impacts. I mean, just people that kind of didn't do the right. I want, let's say people that kind of ruffled feathers yeah. for their time. That's always on the list. So I'm a big, two I know we were talking about Biggie, but I'm a big Tupac fan. So <laughs> just like, oh my gosh, just everything happens at different times. And just like, what gave you the empowerment and the confidence to speak the word or speak like what your thoughts were in different times. And even people now that still do that. I mean, those are always my favorite. So I know I didn't give you one answer, but I love, I love Michelle Obama too. I would love to meet her. I'd probably fangirl really hard, but I'm going to stop because I've given you like five or six. So lots of just the impact, the impactful people that made a difference that will, that are still alive or have passed and just like made an impact for history to come. Like those are the people I'd love to have dinner with. Those are really cool people, actually. Cool. Like I would, I would put, I didn't yeah. think of those people, but I would put them on my list for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. If we were, if this was a test, you would yeah. pass with an A plus. <laughs> well, kind of switching. I, love, I can't think of who <laughs> my first one was, but if I think I'll email, I'll text both of you because yeah. I know there was someone else I missed. But okay. Well, those were no. I'm. Those are some, some quality. You could even have a dinner party. You know what I mean? Why limit it to just yeah, dinner? Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. It's a dinner party. Just a dinner party. You yeah. know. So mm -hmm. there we go. Mm -hmm. Well, switching the to different kind of favorite or you know if you could do something. Um, what is your dream vacation? I'm kind of thinking about that unlimited PTO. Where would you go? <laughs> I've been really wanting to go. So. I'm a big Europe fan. I've only been to Italy, not only been to Italy, that sounds so privileged of me, but I have not explored much of Europe or other countries. So I would definitely want, I've been on a kick of going, wanting to go to Ireland. 
like go to Ireland. I had a friend went on his honeymoon there and just had an absolute blast. I would love in long term, I would like to just spend like a whole month in Europe, like bop around to different countries. Um, And I love I love traveling like a local. I'm not one like, yes, you have to do the touristy things like you have to see the Vatican. If you go to um, Italy, you have to like, you know, go to Cyprus, you go to Greece and all the touristy things. But I love nothing more. And even if I go to another state, because it's on my list to go to all 50 states, but finding what the locals like. So super extrovert here, if you couldn't tell already. But I always try to, like, make a friend somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, where it feels right. And just, like, where would you go or what would you do? And when I went to New Orleans, we did that. You know, we did the whole Bourbon Street thing. But we went off the beaten path. And it was the most – I still think about that and it was two three years ago and it's just it's just like traveling a little differently not being disrespectful to other people's cultures and just like understanding what's right and that's there's nothing I absolutely love more than that so so Ireland's at the top of the list right now that I would really 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 love to go to that's awesome I love that too just being in the culture and learn because that's really what vacationing should be you know it shouldn't just be like going I mean yes you want to go and relax but you know, just going to the beach and having people serve me drinks all the time is nice, but I want to go and experience and, and really, like you said, being uh, uh, respectful of the cultures that I, where I am too. So love that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I can't wait to hear your answer on this because I feel like from your first answer, (laughs) it obviously had um, several things obviously had a big impact on you, but is there a, piece of literature, music, or art, or genre that has had a profound impact on you and your life? I would say music genre. That's a really great question. And I know you warned me with this, but I still didn't think of it. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. I should think of that more. And I didn't. But I would say, honestly, I'm one that I really like to learn people's stories, understand, like going down wormholes girl does that big time of just like I really love the underdog story yes so see Ashley I love that too um but I just really love the underdog story my favorite book I would say is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell so if you don't know yes. it's the rule of 10,000 hour for those listening it's the rule of 10,000 hours like you put 10,000 10, hours into something you are an expert of it which I did the math and I think it was like a little over three years worth okay. of time so that's always that's the only book I'll reread, but it's just kind of having conversations with people has just been like super impactful. My music taste is literally all over the place. Like my Spotify rap that came out is like, Oh, you're old Hollywood with like your Frank Sinatra and Ella listening. And then you have your angsty, like rage against the machine and pop punk and punk rock you listen to and rock and roll and rap. Cause you love nineties R and B and rap. And so I am all over. So do I. I feel like yes. this would be so, mine too. I need to do that Spotify yeah. app too. But yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. So fun. But really what has the most profound impact on me is just like not being on my phone as much. Like, and I know that's contradicting me just saying I love social media and TikTok and everything, but it's just like having experiences, talking to people, or just you never know who you're sitting next to or what someone's kind of listening at there. So um that's just I'm one that I like to reflect and I'm maybe this is the old lady in me, but I love to reflect on like certain situations that, oh, if I didn't do this, like this whole string of things wouldn't have happened or just kind of like that appreciation Mm -hmm. of all these things. Um, But, and I always try, I'm trying to get back into reading. I just haven't, I read, I've let, I haven't read a book. I just read a book actually a little I'm a big Nightmare Before Christmas fan, so I read like this new book that came out about Sally's story over Halloween. But I'm like, I need to get back into reading. So, and it's just like sidebarring again. But it's just whatever works best for you. If you're not a reader, don't read. If you're if you don't like the whole like self help books, don't listen to them. I mean, my thing when I got fired to because it was devastating. I cried a lot. Lots of tears were shed over that, but. I always liked the super intense kind of hype kind of like motivational speeches. Um, my go-to was Kobe Bryant's, I forget what it was called, but I list, I could recite that to you because I just listened to it over and over again and again and again. But it was just like what worked for me and kind of helped me out. So 
just don't compare yourself. Like I'm not a live, laugh, love, quit your job. Some people are, that's great, but (laughs) just what's going to have an impact on you or what conversations are. And another sidebar is just take out, like, I'm sorry, my Slack channel is going off, but just kind of go off of like the people that really kind of support you or just really kind of like help you move forward in your career or do really impactful things in your career. So if it's music, if it's whatever, but this whole journey of, and talking to both of you lovely ladies on this podcast and everything, it's just know who sees your value. I mean, Michelle, you and I meeting, you know, back in October and just kind of going through everything. It's like, complete strangers will see your value and see your expertise over some of your closest friends. My aunt still thinks my, my company is cute. Like that I have full employees that it makes a decent amount of money. And like, she still thinks it's cute. So, and you're still supporting, but that's the thing is it's just like, I don't, I don't care as much anymore. It's, I can meet a complete stranger at a networking event. That's all bought in and like, heck yeah, I'm going to send you 5,000 people to do it. But it's just look at, check your energy. I'm a big energy gal. So do you leave these interactions feeling empowered or do you leave these interactions feeling down in the Mm -hmm. dumps? Like you, you, Ashley, Michelle, you got me amped up right now. Like I feel great. I love doing things like this because it helps me like get an impact or like meet Ashley meeting you. I mean, it's just checking your energy and checking what's, what works for you and will help you kind of elevate your, yourself personally, professionally and everywhere in between. Yeah, I agree with that. And in fact, Ashley, your ears may have been burning a couple of days ago because I was talking to my husband about, you know, it's really hard or it's hard for me just as an adult working mom with, you know, it's all like I have a full-time job. I have yeah. kids. I have all these to also find a good friend. Yes. That is a true friend that, you know, and I was, my husband and I were actually talking about you and I'm like, and he was like, I have to meet her. She seems like such a good person. And I'm like, she throws my name in the ring all like all the time. Like you were always like affirming and, you know, tossing my name out there for things. And it's just like, it's just so nice to have somebody like you in your corner and also like really think, you know what? I, those other people, I, I felt so guilty that maybe that relationship or that right. friendship didn't work out. Well, I'm not going to feel guilty about that anymore because it was it's, both of us that we Yes, through. I agree. Obviously, you know, it wasn't working. So yeah, I love that. And I love, you know, checking how you feel when you walk away from people. Mm-hmm. And that is such good advice. I love that. I'm going to write that. I like down. that too. The energy, especially like if it, if I like, like today, I don't feel drained. You know what I mean? It's, I feel, I feel like you said yeah. rejuvenated. And when like, same thing with you, Michelle, when we get together, I feel like oh, I could just talk forever. You know, sometimes we, we don't even get any work done, <laughs> you know, and know. it's the same thing. And I'm, I was I'm not, I know Michelle said, I'm like this great person. I'm not, I talk, I talk about people. I'm not the nicest person. You are. <laughs> But if you're my people, listen. You out right now. Stop saying that. No, you are. If you're my person, people, you I want to. I want. I want to. I want to bring everybody. You know, up, and I want everybody to feel good. And so I, you know, Michelle's one of my best friends. So I want. I always want to have her being being happy where she wants to be. So, so yeah. Listen, everyone. And you trust me with your children. You're fine. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle. What'd you say? I said, and she trusts me with yes, her children. Yes, so you do. My husband and I both trust you with our children. They love, love Michelle. Yeah. So they're great kids. Great. Yeah. This is, I mean, this whole resume journey with you has been like a metaphor for life. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can see where you totally would get energized off of helping people see their worth because you are a people person and you're a motivator and you're a cheerleader and you are a lifter upper. So I can see where this is just like right up your alley, showing people what they're worth, their value, you know, helping them through this transitional phases, like, you know, finding different Mm -hmm. industries or different jobs and, you know, figuring out the next path. I can see where, why you're so successful. So yeah. Yeah. Making my day over here. I love it. I love it. 
I'm, a, I'm so glad to have connected with you too. I'm like, oh man, I want to bring some people to you. I'm like, do you have gift cards or anything? I, can I know. <laughs> I do. Yes, <gasps> we do all what? this. Okay. It's yeah, we do all of that. And eventually I want to do like a pay it back program where you add on like five, five bucks or 50 bucks that I can sponsor someone who maybe can't afford it in the future, but mm-hmm. have to get everything in touch. So hopefully next year yes. we'll have that rolled out. I love that. Hey, yeah. goal setting right there. Yes. Well, yes. yeah, we're manifesting. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today. I know we're kind of nearing the end of our time. I think we've gone, this is quite one of our longer ones today, but I think there's so many great gems that we got. So thank you so much, Angela, for being here on behalf of the Resume Rescue. Um, and we hope you guys will join us again. I am Ashley. And I'm Michelle. And signing off. That was so good. This has been a Two Profesh production. Have a ridiculous, funny, or horrifying story to share? We want to hear it. Email us your side of the story at thelaterpodcast at gmail.com. That's L-A-T-E-R podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Until next time, stay safe and stay profesh.